But yes, let us go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming here. Today with me, I have the profound speaker, future actor, a great scholar, Assad Bell. Assad, please say hello for the podcast. Hello, podcast. Mm, thank uh, you. Wonderful to meet you. <laughs> That's Assad. We are so glad to have you here today. So, uh, yeah, thank you. yeah, of course, anytime. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So the prompt we chose today is the second prompt, actually. Write an essay in which you discuss how the poem's diction, choice of words, reveals the author's attitude toward the subject of the poem. And ladies and gentlemen, we have three different types of poems for you to read today, each chosen by moi, Assad himself, and, uh, you know, my own self. So we're, we'll be happy to read what we have. You know, to explain the prompt to you in a way that you can understand, and we hope you enjoy. So, uh, you want you want to go first, Assad, or do you want me to go first? I think you need to go first. Mine was a little bit longer, so. All right. So I'm pretty sure you guys remember my poem by Walt Whitman, "Time to Come." Yes, a very interesting poem. It speaks on the topic beautiful. of death. Yes, beautiful and solemn. But um, I, I agree, and I think one reason this poem really stuck out to us is because of how strong it went into the subject of death. Would that make sense, right? Yeah, it really did. Walt Whitman is a really generally, round speaking, he's a very philosophical writer when it comes to death and war, and I feel like he did a really good job in this poem. Which one is it time to come? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, I agree 100%. And I think his message couldn't have been any other stronger, any stronger in any way, if it wasn't for his writing, his sense of writing, his type of style. You know, the strong uses of adjectives and characterization to kind of bring imagery. And I think imagery works super well in this type of setup he has together. Because, uh, you know, with the way he describes death, corpses, right? Things that kind of creep us out on day to day. He really makes us rethink the lives that we live. He really makes us understand the effect death can have in a visual way. Because, you know, hearing something is one thing, but visually imagining it, seeing it, I think that creates a different message all by itself. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that was a uh, time to come. Uh, so what do you have, Assad? I'm very eager. Very eager. All right, got you, got you, got you, got you. Very eager. Hi, thanks, babe, uh, for the introduction. Uh, the poem I really wanted to talk about today was Wilfred Owen's Strange Meeting. And Strange Meeting is a, a war poem from World War One. The general premise of it is that um, uh, Owen died, or the character he was narrating died and went to hell and actually met a soldier that he had killed in war. And he had a conversation with him, unbeknownst to him, that he was the man he killed. Um, the man who died really had a, a harsh take on war because dying from it really helped him in terms of thinking about what it truly meant. Yeah. And um, the dead man basically explains to Owen, he says, but not through wounds, not on the cess of war, foreheads of men have bled where no wounds were. I think the key phrase in here would be where no wounds were. How could somebody bleed if there isn't like a real physical wound, right? Exactly. So, well, these phantom wounds reference a man, like the kind of mental pain, the mind of a shell-shocked soldier, or as we would call it today, post-traumatic stress disorder, otherwise known as PTSD, right? Yeah. So now if we have a look through a historical lens in doing so, there was a minimal, there was like minimal treatment for soldiers returning home from war in terms of these mental wounds. Now the, 
treatment for shell shock victims was institutionalization. And that oftentimes meant electroshock therapy, which was actually more detrimental to their health. Now that we know that, um, and that made things far worse. Like they never got better from these wounds. There was no treating PTSD. Now soldiers came back and they were thrown into the shoes of men they once were, right? So you would, you would go leave for the war, a happy, fun, loving person, and then come back just totally ravaged by this war that you just came from. Uh, the blood that you saw, the crimson, like the, the wheels on chariots clogged with blood, right? And they couldn't really explain that pain to those around them because they didn't have the words, right? They couldn't, you was kind of like a, you had to be there in order to experience it, right? And the deaf and true raw nature of this warfare that they experienced and the pain they've gone through has stuck in their minds and that's caused the bleeding in their minds. And this just goes to show that that pain, that warfare, everything that they went through transcends with them for the rest of their lives. It doesn't end in that moment. So in a way, the death in the pain of others and themselves and the fact that nobody will ever understand them when they get home culminates into them. They will never get over that. Just go peacefully like everyone else. And at the end, it says, Curse, bless me now. With your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. And from what I took from that, is the guy's talking to, or the person is talking to their father. And uh, he's sitting there, I guess, in his death bed, looking sad, sickly, um, because he says they're on the sad height. And then uh, he said, Curse, bless me now with your fierce tears. I pray, do not go to gentle into that good night, which means fight it till the end. Right, fight it till you can't fight anymore. Show me how much you have left in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I um I just really think that's strong too. You know how you notice he uses do not you know the good night, he uses it again and again. Right. So do not go gentle yeah. to the good night, the first paragraph, the third paragraph. It's kind of like a warning, especially if he's saying something over and over again. It really can't help but to like turn our attention to that phrase itself, like the good night. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely feel that he, he the the raging against the dying of the light would be him kind of fighting his way till the end and just showing how much he has left in it and showing a good example for his child or leaving an impact on the world and showing people you don't have to just go to death. You don't have to just let it happen and let it take you over. You, you, you can fight. You can show that you still, it, it's about an honor mm. in my opinion, right? It's right. Like you're, you're honoring yourself. You're honoring your family and you're honoring everybody else by fighting death and going out in that place of glory. Exactly. You know, I really like that aspect of it. I think it's a really good poem. It's just gentle. It's a gentle. So it's, it's a great yeah, way. It's a gentle end, definitely. Yeah. So we had uh, past all the, the war and the death and the the blood clotted chariots and the and the gunshot wounds in hell. Ooh. I think this is a really good way to end it. Just fighting against. Uh, it's a good culmination of everything we've read so far. Mm -hmm. It's fight. That's something that we've seen in all of these poems, right? fight it's about people fighting at the end of their lives till the end of their lives and just pushing forward until they get to that 
final end of their life and then they pass on to the next and what lies there could either be hell or heaven it depends it's ambiguous right yeah so it's just fight for what you have here because you never know what's on the end you never know what's on the other side so exactly thank you mr bell we want to thank you so much for that insightful view on these poems on these poems you've read tonight uh, anything else you would like to add anything else in your mind uh, well, these poems are really nice. I like doing this. This is really cool to do with just somebody that I know mm -hmm. and have known for a while, and I consider a very close friend of mine. Same here. And uh, I feel like this comes naturally when we just do podcasts like this. Exactly. And I, you know, I'd love to go with you sometime again. Right? <laughs> Looking yeah. forward to doing with you, working with you in the future. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in on Birdman, one of the best right, podcasts. Birdman! In America, yes, Birdman, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so just make sure to tune in for future episodes coming straight to you. And we'll be able to deliver you some delicious, juicy, flavorful content that the whole family can enjoy. Stay golden, everybody. Good night. Don't forget to drink water. <laughs> Plenty of water. <laughs> <laughs>